You know what I found out? My future in-laws listen to this every week, and they just heard me say penis multiple times. <laughs> oh, do they really? <sighs> Boy, no, that's... Rodney, you'd be surprised. More and more people in our like in our life, mm-hmm. in our lives, mm. listen to this now. So you're like you've been worried about your work finding out something about you on this and then losing your job. I'd be more concerned about family members and friends. Do I say anything detrimental about family members and friends? I mean, I'm sure I Weekly. do, but mm. <laughs> that's good. This is Down the Hall Podcast with your hosts, Chet Joe Bear. It's Black Hawk Down with aliens. What's the problem? Rodney Hart. Oh, definitely would have been Team Jake. Not the vampire. You don't root for a vampire. And if you're lucky, Lyndon Wells. I thought Chet was going to launch into his terrible British accent again. Beer Garden. Beer Garden was pretty spot <laughs> That was pretty good. No, he definitely got that. Well, welcome back to another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. I'm sitting next to Rodney here, who's making some interesting faces. I'm just wondering, do you think that you would say, welcome back to another? Like, if it were the final episode, would you have ended up saying, like, welcome back to another? Or would you say the final? I'm just curious. I'm not waiting for it to be over. I'm just curious. I think the final episode would also still be another episode, though. So either way, I think I would be accurate. I, I may never know when the final episode is. Could be yes. this week. Do you guys think that we'll record an episode fully expecting to record another and then we just never will do it again? Yes, that's definitely how this comes to an end. Okay. Is this is this a record for how quickly Rodney is distracted? <laughs> I mean, before I started talking into the mic, I looked over. He already had this goofy face like he was about to say something. I think that's just his face. <laughs> we are Down the Hall Podcast, and each week we bring you a movie night pick to help you take back movie night. Uh, because we know it's tough out there to find a, a movie that's worth watching. Uh, there's a it lot. Is. It's tough out there, baby. Oh. Wrap up warm, guys. It's tough out there. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of movies out there who just desperately want to steal your time, and uh, a lot of other podcasts and websites that are telling you uh, and misleading you. Uh, so here we are, saving the day. Your knights in shining armor, and uh, and Rodney, if I were to give you an extra 115 hours back into your life that we help save people uh, by giving them a movie to watch, what would you be doing with that extra time? Um, boy. I You would think that I'd be ready for this question, but I think that the only thing I can think of is that I need to get myself ready to go to Vegas. Ooh. Yeah. Who are you going with? Who's your uh, wolf pack? Uh, my wolf pack would be my colleagues. And Ooh. I'm not... What was that sound? You're disappointed? Was, yeah, a little. It, listen, it's a, it's a business trip. I don't, Lyndon, I don't as, do uh, Vegas. As business I, trips don't go to Vegas. I thought Vegas is just for stag dudes. As uh, For what? For stag Stag, help us understand it as stag Americans. Dude. Stag dudes, bachelor parties. Stag dudes. Stag dudes. Like, That's what we call it. Like yeah, deer yeah. hairdos. D-O or D-U-E-S, like you're paying your dues. D-O, like a party, stag, stag party. Oh, to do, like a stag do. Yeah, running yeah. D-O like a party. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> I do not do very much. I, like, my mornings are early enough that, like, I see everybody who's lived a really long night. To get to work is an obstacle. You are literally walking around people who cannot who cannot function. You're saying so. What we're finding is that that the work Vegas trip for Rodney is much different than it is for his colleagues. I think so. I mean, all I can tell you is that one time I remember distinctly three three women walking in front of me, shoulder on shoulder, like arms around each other's shoulders. They were simultaneously helping each other walk while also keeping each other upright. Like they're so. Mm-hmm. If you can picture this, it's three people walking like a wall in front of me that I'm trying to get around. 
and they are swaying to the left and to the right. And the whole time I'm like, I really, you guys can imagine I'm not, I'm, I'm still never have enough time, right? I'm always running late. And so as they're swaying back and forth, I'm like, I legitimately have to get around them. And the only like a way that that happened was they eventually found a bench to sit on, which they crashed down on. I, I was a hundred percent sure the bench would break. So yeah, for me, <laughs> that's what I do. I'd spend more time getting ready. To not enjoy Vegas. To not enjoy Vegas the way other people enjoy Vegas. Okay, good. Will you at least play like the slot machines that are in the airport? Um, I'll put in a buck just to say that I did. Okay, I'm going to give you a buck to uh, to do for me as well. I'm not going to give you a buck. I'm going to give you one English pound. Ooh, is that more than a buck? I feel like that's more than a buck. How many sixpence is that? <laughs> Two shillings and a sixpence. Okay, I don't know. I don't know I, if I don't, the, know. <laughs> I don't know if the slot machines will take that, but I'll try. It's time to move this stag do along. Uh, we are <laughs> here to give you a movie pick of the week. We also have one to avoid, and we have a topic that you, the listeners, chimed in on. That would be uh, what is the best prank you ever heard about or participated in? We recently just came off of uh, April Fool's Day. It also happened to fall on Easter, so it didn't feel all that appropriate to uh, <laughs> to make it about April Fool's Day. But here we are doing that. Uh, and so, guys, if you're ready to get into this, I am too. Let's go. Well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course, it's down the hall. Because I'm psyched. And here we go. All right, Chet. So, uh, welcome back to another. Oh, is that not how I'm supposed to come out of this? Oh, well, I tried to. T- I tried to steal Rodney, your thunder. As I've told you a hundred times, you are allowed to come out any way that you want. In, in That's the manner what she said. of your choosing. Um, so the movie we're doing tonight is Kubo and the Two Strings. If you must blink, do it now. Pay careful attention to everything you see. No matter how unusual it may seem. If you look away, even for an instant, then our hero surely perish which came out in 2016 it's an animated uh, action adventure movie it's time to follow my own path my name is Kubo this is my story that can be found on Netflix I believe it was up for a lot of different awards uh, in the 2016 season um, it features Art Parkinson Charlize Theron Matthew McConaughey of all people you know, that's a lovely voice to have animated. All right, all right, all right. And um, it's directed by Travis Knight uh, and mood- made by Studio Lakia, who also made Coraline, Box Trolls, Paranorman. So not your Pixar, not not your Pixar movie, but it is a very beautifully animated movie. Chet, tell us a little bit more about it, because I know you love this movie. I loved this movie. I love this movie. So, yeah, Kubo and the Two Strings. It's, um, you know... When I first heard about it, I, I probably didn't race to go see it. I think I've mentioned before that I love kids' movies, but it's they're never ones that I prioritize watching. Uh, so I thought this would just be sort of another kids' movie that looked interesting enough, but definitely wasn't high on my watch list. When I saw it, though, I loved it immediately. Like I was, the opening scene does a good job of bringing you right into the story. It's basically the story of Kubo, who um, whose father has has long since passed away, but he was like a famous warrior, and his mother is trying to keep him safe. We don't know what from when the movie picks up. It keeps you guessing as to why uh, Kubo is kind of the center of this story and why he's being chased down uh, by this villain. Um, but throughout the movie, he's helped along by some really hilarious but lovable uh, side characters voiced by Matthew McConaughey and Charlize Theron. 
And I think it's one that's absolutely worth your movie night. It's on Netflix, so it's easy enough to find. Um, it doesn't feel quite like a kid's movie. I honestly think that two adults could sit there and watch it and enjoy it just mm-hmm. as well as, as kids could. Because I do think it's a really great adventure story. And as Rodney said, it's one of the more, I don't know, beautiful movies from, you know, visually beautiful movies I, I saw in that year. Um, and I think, Rodney, even you and I watched a few uh, scenes from like the making of and just kind of showing how they did some of the the big scenes and sort of the monsters that were in there. And it was mm-hmm. part stop motion, part claymation, but then also part animation and com- computer graphics. It was sort of this collaborative effort to to bring this to the, the big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fun movie. Um, definitely moments of, of comedy. Matthew McConaughey's character, the Beatle, is hysterical. Mm-hmm. A lot of funny one-liners. Um, but I think it's one that has a lot of heart and is certainly worth the movie night. Lyndon, what am I forgetting? Well, I, I think you've covered all the, the big points. I think, like you said, the, the stop animation, the animation is, is gorgeous. It looks amazing. And they show a bit of behind the scenes during the credits, which is definitely worth watching. And it's how they made it is just as fascinating as the film itself. Um, I think there's some huge shifts in tone throughout the film handled really well. That It's quite serious, dark opening 15 minutes. But then, as you said, as Matthew McConaughey's character and the sporting characters coming, it opens to a bit more broader comedy and it's got an undeniable emotion at its heart and that's where the film really lands i think uh, and there's also some quite nice big effective scares i think as you like as you said it's it's not really a kids film i don't think i think it can work for adults just as well and that's maybe the only slight criticism i think for a, that it really not suited for younger children I mean, that's, that's a good point actually because you as a father i mean would you be more likely to want georgie to watch this with you or Lindsay? Lindsay, yeah, your wife. wife, your wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, yeah, I, I say, it's... I feel like you need to explain the characters in that. <laughs> yeah. So Georgie is, she's almost four, three and a half, mm-hmm. um, and I actually have watched this with her, but we did have to. It's one of the very few films I've watched with her. I had to stop. A bit of a stretch for younger children, I think. Right, and because, and because of the way it looks, it's made to look, and it it works really well, but it's very effective in the way it's made to look scary and, un- and unnerving. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think it's it's very much more like in a not an adult story, really, but it's I can imagine as a child, you'd probably have a hard time following the storyline, because even as an adult man, I was like, this isn't a kid's movie. All right, guys. So what did you give it? Scale from one to ten. It's uh, a very strong eight out of ten for me. Not probably mid eight, not quite not, not a nine for me. I gave it I gave it a seven because I think by the end of the story there were elements of the reveals that I was like I was just okay with, but I, I kinda wanted a little bit more out of the whole story. I thought it was it was an eight up until the end for me. Uh for me it was a nine. Mm. So one of my favorite movies ever. Seven, eight, nine. Why is six oh. afraid of seven? Oh boy. Seven, eight, nine. That's the that was it. I already said it. Move on. Stag don't. <laughs> <laughs> so the overall IMDb rating uh, currently right now is a 7.8. Uh, so an incredibly high score. Uh, so that's us. But I think now, as always, let's talk about the professional's opinion. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Loathe entirely. I like you a lot. So for um, 
for Rotten Tomatoes right now, it is scoring 97%. So I won't belabor it. Basically, everybody except 3%, everybody except probably Slant Magazine <laughs> finds this movie to be a fantastic <laughs> movie. So, um, the ex that Rodney won't let go. The, oh, no. <laughs> somehow it's my ex now. Uh, Lyndon, I want you to tell me what the best and worst review were. So let's start with the worst and wake up, make our way up the top. Uh, so the worst review from the Guardian newspaper that says little kids will be bored as there are only a few scenes with any action. And of those, only one featuring an enormous skeleton with a sword sticking out of its skull has any oomph. Yeah. The Guardian this... is guardian, guardianing for the sake of children because they're saying this yeah. is not a kid's movie. <laughs> and to a certain extent, I agree with that. But there's many, many more good scenes. Yeah. Great scenes in the film. I agree that little kids probably would lose it quickly, but there are like there are chase scenes. There's a scene on the on the ship uh, at sea that there's. I mean, there's a lot of just even the the very beginning when he's kind of running through the town to get away from the. Well, I don't want to give anything away, but there there's a lot there's a lot of action sequences in this movie. I think mm. you're just saying that, that might be related to the tides. <laughs> what? You know what causes yes, the tides? Okay, just get just. <laughs> I what do you what do you I'm just giving people hints. <laughs> it's it's a very, to be fair in Rodney's defense it's almost subtle and it's almost good. Mm. <laughs> Look at you know what that sounded like Lyndon a slant review. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost subtle and it's almost good. Slant. Sign slant. Slant. <laughs> okay. Let's jump to the best review which is from the New York Times. The action is gorgeously fluid. The idiosyncratic 3D visual conceits, including floating eyeballs under sea, are startling, and the story and its metaphors resolve in unexpected and moving ways. Uh, you want to break that down for me? Because I, I, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, action is gorgeously fluid. Uh, great visuals, including floating eyeballs, startling. Uh, story and its metaphors resolve in unexpected and moving ways. Now break it down as if we're you're talking to a four year old. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, it I, looks good and nice story. <laughs> Perfect. Actually, that's all I ever need. I think yeah. in life, really, Rodney, you're gonna that's like what this our one. podcast should be. Yeah, looks good, nice story. Go see it. <laughs> Time to eat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, that's our movie of the week. But something we also do on down the hall is give you one to avoid. These are usually ones that either Netflix is peddling to say that's worth your time, whether it be a Netflix original or, or whatever, uh, but also some that we'll find on different lists that are floating out there. If you've ever Googled best movies on Netflix or best Amazon Prime movies, we go through those as well, and uh, we find ones that we think are not worth your time. So this one uh, is from Lyndon. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on Shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. Uh, and I think some come from a few listeners as well. And it is one that Netflix has been peddling a lot. And it stars Adam Devine, who we met, who was in our recommendation from last week. And this one is Game Over Man, which is a kind of piss take, die hard action comedy. And it's very crude. Some bits are almost funny. But to set the tone for the film, within the first five minutes, uh, the, your, the three main characters are playing with a used condom, and then a bloke gets his woolly chopped off. Huh. And, and the rest of the film like, reaches for those heights. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned a couple of listeners also agree with you. Uh, it's funny. We have listeners tell us movies 
to do like for to do episodes on. And this is the first time I've had listeners proactively reach out and tell us ones to avoid. Mm. Uh, Tiffany said that her husband had to turn it off like a few minutes in, and Dan texted me, and I have the text right here. It says, <clears throat> "Game Over Man on Netflix was a waste of time. <laughs> so many unnecessary penis shots, like a lot of penises." Now, what is What's a lot of penises? <laughs> pen- on like pen- penai. <laughs> I think it is penai. The plural? No, is no, no, not l- the, no, I'm saying I'm just curious. What is what is too much? Because I feel like it's one, right? Well, I think it's all relative. Like, what's your threshold? Watch ten minutes of Game Over Man, and it's too much. Really? But I'm saying, yeah. is it is there a threshold for penai, or is it is it just a matter of everyone? Everyone has one, and it's like fine if you really, really need to. You well, I assure you, one, not but... everyone has one. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. All right, so at this point in the episode, usually we switch into either a game or a topic, uh, but this topic will probably take a little bit longer than normal, so we're just going to talk through it uh, and not be concerned about how long that goes. So this week's topic was, um, what is the best prank you have either heard of or been a part of? And we asked the listeners to chime in. We've got plenty of answers. Uh, Rodney, as we're listing these off, I want you to think of your answer as well. Uh, I, 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 I saw one earlier online, and I wanted, I, I'll mention it because I... I Repeated it to coworkers right away. All right. Well, Randall from uh, from Boise, Boise Randall, he reminds me of the time because he was a roommate of mine in college. He reminds me of the time that he took uh, pickles and uh, before he was my roommate, uh, when he lived down the hall from me, he took pickles and put them in our microwave and turned the microwave on for like five minutes and then ran out. And we didn't really know what was going on. And all of a sudden it started smelling like a smell that no one should ever have to uh, inhale. And it stayed like that for days. Like it just permeated everything for days. You leave it in the jar. Like I, I hope he no, took no, no. the aluminum took the pickle, lid. Took the pickles out, threw them in the microwave, and then it's like full blast, five minutes, and then just left the room. What you get is this vile smell. Wow. Oh, there's a classic one. It comes from Joel in Massachusetts. He says uh, saran wrap over the toilet bowl. That's that's you know it's classic. You you cover that you, you you pull it tight so that you can't really tell if you're just looking, and then if you were to use the toilet bowl as one would, uh, you're not going to be as successful as you would without the saran wrap. So I'm assuming you put that underneath the toilet lid. Yes. The toilet seat is what they call it. Yes. Both of those things. Um, I feel like that's detrimental for the person involved too, unless you're literally putting a saran wrap at a, at a location you do not live at. Because I wouldn't find it that funny to then have somebody else's poop smeared around my toilet. It would affect my next bathroom experience, I feel like. Is it does it work with poop when you realize you're sitting on it? Yeah, I think it's not poop. Well, no. Yeah, it's more aimed at number a splashy number 1, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was more aimed that's why I said underneath the toilet seat. Yeah. Cuz yeah. if you put it underneath the toilet seat, you wouldn't know you could sit on you could sit on the toilet seat and then poop would just come up your bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> I still think you'd know before you got too far. Well, yeah, yeah no, before you got too far, what's too far? I feel like you you noticed when that the like, poop wasn't why is it going. Not anyway? <laughs> yeah, and can you stop it at that point? In my experience, I think the oh. answer is no. In your experience, <laughs> you'd have to really put an end to it quickly. Do you want me to tell you the one that I heard of recently? Yeah, please do. So, um, what I heard of is. You could cut, you know, the Listerine breath strips? Yes. Cut those out and put them in someone's uh, 
they like cut them into circles and put them in someone's contact lens case. So that oh. way they might accidentally put a breath strip in their eyeball. Oh, gosh. And somebody on the message board that wrote that said, All right, take it easy, Satan. (laughs) Which I thought was the perfect reaction. Can you imagine how mad you'd be, Chad, if in your contact case I put Listerine strips so that you woke up one morning and burned your eyeballs out? You know, that is kind of hilarious. But I also think, as someone who does wear contacts, I don't think it would work. Because I think that in the second you you pulled it like out, you're like this is not like first of all, contacts are not blue. Yeah. <laughs> second of all, they're not flat. <laughs> so if no. someone does put a listerine circle in their eyeball, they deserve it. <laughs> I don't know. If that's fair. I don't know if deserve if anyone ever deserves a listerine strip in their eyeball. Uh, so uh, bartender Nate said that he used to work at a, a sandwich shop in high school, uh, and he used to ask all the new employers, uh, sorry, all the new employees. Uh, to go get the pan stretcher because the pans were too small uh, or ask them to uh, water the plants in the dining room that were fake or his personal favorite to go out back and get a bucket of steam. <laughs> now, is the idea that they even thought about going to do them, the, the, is that where he would then just laugh at them incessantly? Yeah, I can kind of speak to that a little bit. I used to work at a uh, indoor sports complex, like indoor soccer, basketball, Oh, Lyndon, sorry. Soccer is the real word for what you might refer to as football. Uh, yeah. So indoor sports whoa, complex whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> where... Um, football is the real world. Good comeback. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, but anyway, so I used to work there and there would be these these kids, you know, high schoolers who would work, you know, the concession stand, like the snack shack area. And they'd also have different jobs. They'd have to like clean up and do different things. So... Um, we always had these these latex gloves or these plastic, actually plastic gloves, and uh, they would come in these boxes, and they were one size fits all. But I would I would always once I got like to a certain comfort level with the new kids, one of my one of my things I would do, they would take out one of the boxes and I would say, hey, like there was a mistake. We usually get these separated left and right, but these came mixed, so I need you to take them and separate the left-handed ones from the right-handed ones. And they're just, they're just they're just one size fits all like gloves, and and they would like look at me. I'd be like, no, like I, I need you to do this if you can get it done as quickly as possible. The, the only way you can tell if it's left or right is if you hold it up to the light and watch with <laughs> watch which way the thumb bends. And then one is left and one is right. But the best part is, I'd come back like 15 minutes later, and there'd be two piles. There'd be two different piles on the on the counter. How which did you, way the thumb bends? How did you measure? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think riding to your your question. You just, yeah, you just, the prank is you just watch other people do dumb things and, and, and take enjoyment in that. Uh, Ivy says that she, uh, wake up in the middle of the night and move your partner's car to a new spot. Act just as surprised as they are when they go outside and don't see it. That's a nice one. That's, uh, yeah, that's a good uh, one. Yeah. I like that one. I don't do, go to that extremes, but I always pretend I've forgotten the car keys or you walk out the house, close the door. like, Oh, have you got any keys? <laughs> that's that's such an annoying one because that's it, a dad <laughs> prank. It's such an easy one, like it's such an easy one to know, like could be true, you know? Yeah. And get someone really mad at you, like, are you serious? And then, oh yeah, I, I do it to my wife all the time. She yeah. loves it. Yeah. I was like, I've got the car keys in my pocket. I know they're there. I'm like, have you got the car keys? Well, no, where'd you put the car keys? I should be rifling through her bag. <laughs> and uh, apparently, it's never funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's never once been funny, but for you, it is. Every time. Every time. Uh, speaking of Randall, there was one time where, and also speaking of moving cars, um, 
we were at my parents' house for something. There was a bunch of people over, and uh, and Connor, the guy who we wake up every year when September ends, he showed up to my parents' house at like one or two a.m. and passed out on the couch, and uh, and we we grabbed his keys and moved his van off the street into the the neighbor's or not the neighbor's yard, but on the yard like next to my neighbor. And the next morning when he woke up and he was looking outside and he didn't see his car, we acted like we acted just as freaked out as he did. But we told him that he had gotten up and slept walked. Like we thought he was going like we said, yeah, Connor, we heard you get up. And like we assumed you were just going out to get something to eat or like go for a quick drive. And then you just came back in and we had hid the keys back underneath his pillow, too. So like he had no idea. And so for years, like we kind of forgot that we told him that. And for years, he just assumed that he had slept drove like in his. So then it turns out he was in a class in college and gave it like a presentation and one of like the uh, the 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 class was about something like some sort of psychology and was talking about sleepwalking and he did a presentation about how he accidentally sleepwalked and drove a car in his sleep but never actually happened (laughs) we just never told him the truth that's the worst Uh, part about pranks that go so well you know because then like you have somebody then when you tell them the reality of it's like they've lived with that being so real for so long that it's almost like well wait a minute it was like like a net new prank it was like literally two years Wait, so does he know now, or was he just found out listening yeah, to this? Yeah, because as I was driving with him once, he was like, yeah, you know, <clears throat> last week I, I told the story about when I drove the van. I was like, what are you talking about, drove the van? He's like, yeah, you know, my sleep. It's like, what? You drove the van in your sleep? He's like, yeah, at your parents' house. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you that never happened. <laughs> that didn't happen. You're living a lie, son. <laughs> All right, so this one comes from Kevin, who's, uh, whose kids, Reese and Megan, were on the uh, the episode last week. Um, Kevin says one time in college, someone put live lobsters in the showers and all the sinks and toilets in one of the rival dorms and took the bands off the claws. <laughs> Can I just say, it seems like what, a really expensive prank. What about one of the rival dorms? What were they rivals in sleeping <laughs> college? <laughs> you never been, you, you didn't do dorm life, right? Uh, I did for a, a half a year. No, but dorm like interdorm pranks is a thing. Like, I have some of those stories too. Dorm. Did you, would you consider them rivals? Yeah, like prank rivals. Yeah, for huh. sure, for sure, for sure. No question about it. Slytherin verse, you know. Is this a thing? Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, no, I guess Lyndon would know because he went to Harry Potter school. Hot, yeah. yeah. Hog, Hufflepuff. Hog, 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 hog jams. What is it called? What's the Hufflepuff. school called? Yeah, hog, hog mall. <laughs> Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Uh, Hogwarts. Oh, you Warts. idiot! That was the term. No, we Warts. we did we did inter uh, inter dorm. Prank wars. We, one time we uh we went into their room. We took all of the clothes that they had, and we wrapped like five or six rolls of duct tape over around all of their clothes, like in a bunch, one big bunch. I feel like you ruin um, the exterior of the like. Yes, the clo- definitely. The, <laughs> there are some of those clothes they never got back. Most likely. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else do we do? Uh, oh, one time um, we had the person the person who at my college would send out like the. Uh, those messages that would go to everyone at once for like emergency. campus announcements or not just emergencies, but campus announcements. We had, uh, we had him send one out for all of like the girls from one, from one dorm to take this group photo in the courtyard. And we had positioned guys in uh, upstairs, like windows overlooking the courtyard in the gym. And then like one of the dorms and like another building in the library, just kind of circulate uh, circling the courtyard. And when the girls were out there ready to take this picture, this non-existent picture we threw like hundreds of water balloons down at them uh and the way they tried to get us back the girls was they took little cups like pixie cups filled them with water 
and lined our entire staircase leading up to uh, where our dorms were. And so, like, you couldn't walk without knocking these over. And the first guy to see it just looked and just trudged right through. And then there was this huge mess. There was water everywhere. And so, like, the dean said the girls had to come clean it up. So it's like, man. You know you, you know what I see? You know what I'm seeing here, uh, Lyndon? What are you Cl- seeing? Classic case of sexism. Make the <laughs> women clean. Am I right? I also put um, about 10,000 plastic forks and stabbed them into uh, our friend Alex's front lawn at 3 a.m. He woke up and that's, he thought it had snowed. That sounds like so, so much effort. Oh, yeah. So t- much it, effort. Well, there was a lot of us doing it, and it took a long time. Oh, okay. He woke up and he thought it had snowed because it was just, like, white all over his uh, <laughs> his yard. <laughs> um, but the worst prank I ever saw, for by far, this one, th- I hope that no one listens and gets any ideas from this. Like, which, this is, which means that he hopes someone listens and gets ideas no, from this. this. is it's the only time you say this that. This is pretty bad, though. Um just because it affects so many other people that aren't meant to be pranked, I think. But basically, someone took dehydrated milk, so like oh. the, the powder, and spread it all over somebody's front yard. What happened was, this is in the summertime, at night, uh, it mixed with the dew, oh. so it kind of becomes milk. And then throughout the morning, as the, as the temperature rises, it just starts to cook out there. And uh, the result was... This entire block just reeked of spoiled, like, rotten no. milk. No, it's just not okay. I feel like in those types of situations, that's where I would escalate to, like, a crazy degree. That's where I would then tie that person down to a chair and do, like, the James Bond treatment. Like, cut out <laughs> cut out the seat and be like, you know what? You deserve this. This is what you get. This you have your, this coming. This is, your pen- this is your penance. Like... You don't get to spoil milk on someone's yard and affect all sorts of people without getting this kind of treatment, in my opinion. That escalated quickly. Yeah, no, I, that's where I would escalate. That's why I've never been a part of Prank Wars. Because <laughs> I, I wouldn't have any good ideas, and then if somebody t- t- took one too far, I would be like, nope, let's kill them. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. They're dead. Yep. Oh, Last man. prank you ever did. <laughs> Like another thing we would do too is um, we'd always do this to the same person. We would we would use their their phone number and make a Craigslist ad for something that was free, like for something that seems like it'd be like a hey first come first serve like free firewood. And so then, like harmlessly, they would just receive all these calls in a, in about an hour or two, like ten fifteen calls in a bunch, asking about the free wood or free firewood, and be like, no, I think you have the wrong number. Like is this is this John? Yes, it is, but I don't have any firewood. <laughs> That's a good one, too. I like that. I like the subtlety of that. Now, that right there would be a prank that if it happened to me, I'd be like, mm, you are my respect. You don't get the James Bond in a cutout chair treatment. You get you get a golden crown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. Do you have know. one ready for me? Oh, uh, no. I'm cold. I'm into, I, I, have, I do have a chair with the seat cut out, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've just remembered another one we did at uni where um, at, at the clubs and uh, on all the nights out, you could get a three chlamydia test. Uh, so you just like pee, pee in this thing and then you give them their number and then they'd text you the result. And uh, so you just grab your friend's phone and it'd be the, it was called like free test, the text or something. So you change your number to that <laughs> and just text them saying it was positive. <laughs> 
Wait, you te- how would you get them to text that it was positive? No, no, you text them. Oh, oh, change, oh, oh. change, change their number, change your number in their phone. Their phone, yeah. Got it. To the name of this place. Got it. Hmm. Got it. That's pretty good. I was gonna say, I thought, I thought you were gonna say, you get your one friend who you know has chlamydia, get him to <laughs> yeah. pee, and give other people's it's phone hilarious. numbers. It's <laughs> hilarious. There is still one person with chlamydia, but a whole lot of people think they have it, so it's fantastic. <laughs> That's taking lemons and making lemonade. That's what I'm talking about. How do I put my chlamydia to use? Oh, I've got an idea. (laughs) Rodney, I've had this like three-year prank going to you, and you still haven't figured out what it is yet. So No, I can't wait to figure it out, because then I'm going to put you in that chair where I cut out the bottom, so it's not going to be a total waste. I thought for for a while that it was total waste, that I, you know, jumped the gun, wasted $30 in that seat, but... I can't wait to get to use it. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> I'll be laughing as it happens. <laughs> uh, all right, so at this point of the episode, we want to do a couple things. So we are going to uh, momentarily get into what we call the detail section of the episode, which is where we talk through the movie more in depth. And uh, because that could be relatively spoily for those of you who want to go see it, we give you the chance to hop off before that. But don't step away just yet. Because each week lately, we've been asking the listeners to uh, to help our cause, to help other people take back movie night. And there's a number of ways you can do that. You can go to our website, downthehallpodcast.com, where you can scroll down, recommend a movie for us and our listeners. Uh, you could also jump in on the topics and the conversations we have, both on Facebook and Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. Another way, our favorite way for you to do that is to give us a, uh, a five-star review on iTunes. A lot of you have done that lately. That's helped us a lot. I can tell it's making, making us more uh, easily searchable for, for people who are looking to take back movie night for people who have not heard about the show. Uh, but because you don't want to hear me ask for that, we've asked Rodney to do a character voice of the week, which he gets no preparation for. I, this is the worst idea that we've ever had. And I think that uh, this week, um, Hey, Lyndon, remind me who is the voice of the beetle in Kubo? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. So I'm going to invite Matthew McConaughey in to uh, let the listeners know how they can help the show. All right, all right, all right. I just got off filming my latest Lincoln Navigator commercial. And now I'm going to ask you to go ahead and give down the hall guys an iTunes review or Android or whatever other robot you might be listening to this on. Only five stars. All right, baby. All right, all right. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't end. It's definitely not really a Matthew McConaughey voice, but it's it's your is it your generic southern voice again? <laughs> it's it was a little bit more sultry than my generic southern voice. I think. Right. I was trying to think of the, the love Kate down Hudson. the hall guys. Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting older. They stay the same age. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I don't want to say that. <laughs> Listen, I don't get to prepare for these. I didn't yeah, think every time you come with an excuse. Yeah. We know. We know. What did you what? So um, did you not know what Matthew McConaughey sounded like? Not really. I would have to go listen to him to know. Well, you've um, just watched Kubo, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, but he was a beetle. <laughs> I can't picture him. I got to like be able to see the actual actor speaking. We're all just beetles down here, baby. <laughs> I listen. I'm I'm glad I threw in a Oh, a we took a dirty line. turn there, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Well, one out of every three things McConaughey says sounds really just uh, talking about penises. He loves to talk <laughs> about them. I mean, he calls them navigators. <laughs> My stick shift, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got next? 
right. Anything but this. Anything, Anything but this. Um, all right. So yeah, at this point, we're going to go to the uh, what we call the detail section, the spoiler section. Um, and like I said, if you want to check out the movie without it being spoiled for you, you can jump off now. We definitely invite you to come back later, though, and hear what uh, what we have to say about it. I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. All right, guys, so what was your favorite scene or most standout moment or, or part of Kubo and the Two Strings? For me, it was near the beginning where Kubo um, tells his story, doesn't he? He goes into town on his guitar and he's telling his story. Oh, yeah. And you get all the um, the origami kind of paper characters all acting it out. And the whole scene looks amazing. I, you know what? Unfortunately, that was mine because I feel like I was left. I said it earlier in the review. I think the ending to me left me a little. I just felt like I didn't fall completely follow the whole idea I, of the family, like just the family fight between like yeah. why his dad was the warrior and why the moon god was the bad. You know, like I never completely. I mean, got, like, wrap my arms around like, wait, what was so evil about the grandfather until he got rescued? I think the my favorite or the standout part to me was when, like, the reveal that the Beatle was actually the father, mm. um, because he is such a likable character throughout. And you can see him, like, falling for. Oh, and that the monkey was also the mother. That mm. they were both with him the whole time. And I thought it was a pretty interesting way of doing it because there had been something cool about knowing that from the beginning. But it's I think kind of cooler as you retrospectively look back and say, oh, like they were protecting him, fighting for him the whole the whole stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely interesting one. Yeah, definitely interesting one. Very mystical. <laughs> you sounded so sarcastic. Yep, very <laughs> mystical. No, it definitely it it was very good. It was very good. You did reach a certain octave there that I didn't know you had in you. Yeah, I have an octave reserved for movies that are are sevens. When when you guys think that they're eights or nines, ah, pretty good, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Like I, you know, where I don't want to be combative, but part of me wants to say like. It's not a nine. Can you ask our <laughs> listeners for a review in that voice? Next time. Review oh, us. You promise? Yeah, of course. That's also the voice you'd make if uh, if you got the James Bond torture treatment on that chair. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd, I'd hold firm. No, I think no. you'd be judging Are how you hard me? it was. Yeah. Yep, pretty good. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> well, should we end with that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's not do anything else. Oh, that's Rodney with Lyndon. I'm Chet. We're signing off. We'll see you next week. <laughs>